Hello dear friends, welcome to Mindfulness for Beginners. I hope you're happy, I hope you're peaceful. Uh, we've got a slightly different format this episode, uh, slightly longer format as well. Uh, I'm having a chat with a friend of mine, a good friend of mine called Mikey, who's a great advocate for mindfulness and for the environment. Uh, she's been a great friend to me and she was the person who actually introduced me to the practice. And my friendship with her has made a, a huge difference to my life, a huge positive difference. Uh, we had a really good chat. We covered a few things, uh, learning how to practice, our favorite ways to practice. And we did have a guided meditation, which you can join in with uh, at the end. So uh, without further ado, here is uh, my chat with Mikey. Okay, so uh, I'm here with Mikey and we're going to talk for a little while about uh, med uh, meditation and mindfulness and then uh, we're going to do uh, a guided meditation together at the end so uh, Mikey do you want to just um, let us know how did you initially get into mindfulness I started getting into mindfulness through listening to podcasts of Dharma talks uh, and these were based in a meditation uh, center in America and uh, the podcast was called Audio Dharma and it would be a mixture of, uh, of of wisdom, of Buddhist wisdom, and also uh, some guided meditation. And because it was recorded uh, at at an actual meditation center, even though even though you usually just hear one voice, uh, the sort of the facilitator, you had the feeling when you were meditating along that there was the, there was a whole hall full of people sitting there at the, at the same time, um, and it was and it was quite powerful. And eventually, I uh, I went to um, to a sangha uh, for the first time uh, with with you, uh, and that was Wake Up in London, uh, and that was that was a really amazing place for me uh for i think we first went there five years ago 20 2014 2015 yeah something like uh, that and and uh through that uh i got to practice um silent meditation the the Thich Nhat Hanh guided meditation uh it's a it's a Thich Nhat Hanh plum village um sangha uh, walking meditation and and mindful sharing, uh, and it became a really a really positive thing in my in my life. Uh, do you want to um, tell the people who are listening to this who uh, maybe haven't been along to a, a sangha a mindfulness group before uh, what what some of the, um, the the sharing practice the the dharma sharing practice uh, is about? Yeah, so it's my favorite my favorite bit uh so we tend to do so uh we do this in the second half of the of the meeting so already we've like we've done the coming into ourselves we've done the sitting in silence we've maybe had a reading to reflect on and and people uh, sit around in a circle and there's there's no pressure to to say anything at all but if but if you feel moved to speak you 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 bow and uh and you talk and you talk from the heart um and and the idea is is that you can just say whatever you want to say and you say it to the group and and nobody responds to you 
uh, people are people are listening. There's there's a practice they call it of active listening. Uh, so you're really taking in what that person is saying. Uh, and the beautiful thing about it is you're taking in what that person is saying, but without feeling, oh, I've got to, I've got to respond to this. I've got to think of the right thing to say. Um, and so that takes the pressure off and you can just really hear them and, and be present with whatever they are going through. And if you're the person speaking, then you get this opportunity to, to say something that's going on with you um, and to speak about it quite quite deeply but without worrying that you're going to be asked some difficult follow-up questions uh, and it it's a really beautiful practice and when the facilitators are are setting it up um, they often uh, really encourage people who haven't shared before to to say something and also to to kind of listen in to how you're feeling and if there's if there's a kind of nervous energy if your heart is beating faster then then maybe there is something you need to say to the group and I found it um, I'm, I'm a mildly autistic person and I've had some really tough times in London um, and I felt very alone at times uh, and I found it this really beautiful experience of being able to uh, really connect with other people but without the pressure of having to make small talk or having to worry whether or not people liked me. Um, and so I got these little insights into people's lives. And I think one of the things I found most valuable is when other people were talking about having a tough time. And mm. sometimes if you're, if you're lonely and if you're sad, you feel like you're the only one in the world and everyone else is out there having some amazing time. And actually, it just brings you back to the fact that that we're all suffering in our in our own ways, and 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 that that suffering is is common between us. Do you know it's one of my favorite practices as well? And I'm only just realizing now. I mean, I I have um, a social anxiety, and I'm only just realizing that one of the reasons why uh, I enjoy it so much is for the same reason that you said is that first of all, you can listen without having the pressure of you know what they say you know what's the right thing to say in this in this situation but then also being able to uh, whenever you bow and you share something from your life is being able to tell something uh, about yourself uh, whether you know that's a happy thing that's going on or a difficult thing that's going on or or um, a part of the practice that you're wrapping your head around without the pressure to try and express it in the, I'm kind of doing air quotes here, but the, the right way or in a particular way or in a way that's, you know, right for the person that you're speaking to. Uh, and I, I think it's a really uh, beautiful practice as well. And I remember whenever we went along to that, that first meeting and we, we were sitting around in a circle and I was kind of thinking, what, what's going on here? This is, this is a bit weird. Uh, and then uh, once I was listening to a few people speak, and then uh, I wanted to, to join in as well because it, it just it's such a lovely way to uh, it's such a lovely way to um, have a conversation without you know feeling pressure to think of the right thing to say or something clever to say or something something funny to say. So yeah, I really enjoy that as well. Yeah. So um, thinking about uh, thinking about your life and and mindfulness. Do you think that mindfulness has had, you know, an, an impact in 
uh, on your, I suppose, your, your, your mental health or how you uh, live your life? Uh, what difference has mindfulness made for you? So my, my mindfulness practice and my meditation practice are very much a work in progress uh, and, and never as, as regular as, as I would like, though I, I think lots of people feel like that. I think it's made a couple of differences for me. I think it's made it much easier for me to develop a practice of checking in about what is actually happening. Um, and so, especially with things, especially in situations where you find yourself irritated or angry by a situation, uh, I find it much easier to sort of stop and work out what is what is going on here? What is what is actually causing this this upset inside of me? Is it is it fear? Um, is it is it sadness? Is it fear of rejection? Um, and I've I've found that really really useful. I found it a great way of just uh, of connecting with with nature when I'm when I'm outside. Um, I, uh, I think my, my interest in what's happening in the environment and, uh, my, my mindfulness have, have kind of gone alongside each other. Uh, and so I take great joy in noticing what's happening in the seasons. Um, I, so at the moment, the, the daffodils are out in our garden and the flowers are, uh, the, the leaves on the trees are, are just beginning to bud and different trees are in different states. Uh, and I like noticing the, the birds that I, that I see. I, I get great joy from the, from the classic London pigeon or from the, the group of crows that, that live out on the fields near my, near my house. Um, so I think it helps me really, really connect with with the earth um, in a way that I find really, really beneficial. Um, and the other the other bit of it is is how it helps you relate to, to other people. So there's a, a practice that they do at Wake Up um, where you introduce yourself with a weather metaphor. Uh, which we could have done today, and uh, yeah. I I have brought that into team meetings, and I found it uh, I found it really valuable, and it's really valuable because quite often in a team meeting you you sometimes start with asking people how they are, and people's default is that they're fine, or you ask people how they're doing, and what they tell you is a list of the things they're working on, and actually. If you allow people to use a weather metaphor, then it's easier sometimes to say it's a little bit cloudy or it's a little bit drizzly uh, or it's a little bit windy or foggy or or whatever it is. And without needing to kind of get into that um, and for people to explain why that is, it is giving people an opportunity to kind of touch in with themselves um, and uh yeah i've I've found that a really nice way of of bringing a little bit of my practice into into work sometimes, yeah, I can definitely relate to all of that, um particularly around being able to notice nature uh I do remember um on the walk 
uh, from uh, whenever we had that first meeting to uh, wherever I was getting the tube from. And it was just, you know, just like noticing everything that was going around me uh, for the first time, rather than being, you know, in a, an anxious state where I'm, I'm thinking ahead to this or that or, or worrying about, you know, being in a crowd. Uh, and it's great, you know, whenever you're out in nature, just to be able to just to be able to look at a tree, really look at a tree. I remember um, in the kind of few days afterwards going for a walk at lunchtime in St. James's Park mm. and and really looking at the, the, the trees that are there, you know, the um, the color and texture of the bark, the arrangement of the branches, uh, the, the, the canopy above that. You know the ducks, the scary pelicans that there are, and uh, <laughs> they, they are terrifying. The, the pelicans in St James's Park, but it's um, really being able to uh, being able to do that is, a, I think, is a real gift of the practice. Yes, I think there's also something uh, around um, feeling the ground underneath your feet, or mm. even the the chair underneath you, um, and and touching in with that can be really helpful when you're in a situation of anxiety because it just brings you back to something physical um and yeah there's there's lots of there's lots of small things like that that I think have been really helpful and have added uh to the the general um yes harmoniousness I think in my life yeah, I'm definitely going to, uh, for the next interview, I'm definitely going to have to remember to do a weather report at the uh, at the start. That would have been a great idea. Sh- should we do it now, actually? Yes, let's do it. Okay, you, you go first. Uh, so my weather is, my weather is sunny. I would say my weather is... A little bit turbulent at the moment. Mm. It's great to be able to check in and just notice, you know, in that mental landscape, but also physically, how is that manifesting itself in your body as well? Yeah. So um, you were talking about uh, um, the sharing aspect, but is there another kind of favorite part of the practice that you have, um, a favorite way that you like to practice mindfulness or a favorite guided meditation that you have? Is there something that you come back to again and again? So one of the things I really enjoy doing, and I I tend to do it as part of an organized group rather than on my own, is walking meditation, which is a thing I'd heard about but never really fully understood um, until I until I did it with other people. And I think the thing, so the way that uh, that I practice walking meditation is uh, you walk very very slowly and often you're in a you're in a room and uh, you're walking around in a, in a circle or maybe a couple of interlocking circles um, and you're you're walking so slowly that you're taking one breath for every step and you're sinking up your breath and your steps and I find it very very relaxing and and sometimes you might uh, you might recite something to yourself. So one of the things that that we recite is, "I have arrived. I am home. In the here and the now." And I I really really love that. 
Um, and I, it was only relatively recently I was listening to Thich Nhat Hanh um, give a give a talk, uh, a, a recorded talk on YouTube, and he was talking about what those phrases meant to him as an exile from Vietnam. Uh, he was talking about realizing that that home was a thing within him, uh, even if it, it may be that he, that he could never go back to Vietnam. Um, and I think that's that's made it even more powerful for me. Yeah, I really enjoy the walk and meditation as well. It's it's probably the part of the practice that I do most regularly. So at lunchtime, you know, e even though there's somewhere um, within the building that I could go and, you know, get something to eat, I do like to walk out to the shop. It takes, you know, 10 minutes there and, and 10 minutes back uh, and just do exactly what you just described as I'm walking there, uh, taking a breath with each step, breathing in, breathing out. Sometimes it's breathing in, I know I'm breathing in, breathing out, I know I'm breathing out. And uh, sometimes it's uh, it's the, the, the verses that, that you just said, but mm -hmm. it's just such a lovely way to take a break uh, from the day. And actually you can do it anytime that you want. If you're, you know, if you're in the office, whenever you're going up to get a cup of tea, you can do that, walk into the, the kitchen and walking back again, or, or maybe at home as well. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a lovely way. And uh, what I find is that it, it's, uh, it slows you down over time. So the more that you do it, actually you find that you're, you're rushing less from one place to another and your mind isn't rushing to that place as well. And it's a, it's, it's a great way to um, uh, build up a ritual of uh, mindfulness practice, get that 10 minutes a day um, mm. uh, in. Yes, it's lovely. So um, we've talked about kind of the practice of mindfulness, but um, have you found that practicing mindfulness has changed, you know, how you, how you look at the world? Yeah, I think it has in a, in a few different ways. Um, so there's, there's sort of principles in, uh, in Buddhism and, and what Thich Nhat Hanh talks about and in the ideas behind mindfulness um, that, uh, that really resonate with me, um, particularly as somebody who is increasingly interested in, uh, in environmental issues. There's a bit in, uh, in his book, Love Letter to the Earth, where he says, we often forget that the planet we are living on has given us all the elements that make up our bodies, the water in our flesh, our bones, and all the microscopic cells inside our bodies all come from Earth, and we are part of the Earth. The Earth is not just the environment we live in. We are the Earth, and we are carrying her within us. And I, we both come from a, a very rational, analytical background. And yet, yeah. increasingly, increasingly, I find that that these ideas of interconnectedness and and interbeing, as it's as it's sometimes called, um, resonate with me. Uh, it it reminded me of the of the old um, joke. Uh, what does the Buddhist say to the hot dog seller? Make me one with everything. <laughs> uh, and I, I haven't heard that one. Before. <laughs> <laughs> In increasingly, increasingly, like the 
the the idea that you know that I am that I am connected to to the earth and that I that I am you know it's all the same uh, it's all the same atoms right that are circulating through whether it's the carbon cycle or, or the nitrogen cycle um, and so that's uh, that's impacted on the way I have uh, paid attention to the earth uh, and what and what's happening there's this this idea in Buddhism of of seeing what is what is real, what is really happening, uh, right view, and and that's definitely meant I've I've got involved with more with more activism, and and that activism has often involved Buddhist practices. It's involved some of the practices that we've talked about. So uh, a few things I've done recently uh, have involved meditating in public but instead of in a nice uh a nice kind of quaker meeting house in a in a quiet bit of london instead we've been doing that uh you know as as part of a much wider bit of climate action so you might be uh you might be in trafalgar square and the samba bands are going and there's a helicopter <laughs> and there's chanting but but you, but I, and a, and a group of, um, of Buddhists would get together uh, once a day and and sit uh, in a circle in the in the twilight, in the drizzle, and uh, and there'd be that moment of coming back to ourselves and of connecting with the, the ground under our under ourselves and of checking in and of reminding ourselves what was important um and often we we have those moments and uh you know we'd start and i'd sit down i'd put my i put my hands uh upturned on my on my knees uh which i find a really great posture for um sort of like holding yourself open to to the earth and and 20 minutes later you open your eyes and and the number of people has like doubled trebled because there's quite a few people for whom for whom like you know they they see that happening they see people just just sitting there um and and that that peace and that silence and that and that space is really is really valuable um so i was doing something very similar to that last week at the british museum as part of a um as part of a, a protest uh and and there's um there's a movement called Silent Rebellion, uh, and as part of that, we get together and we sit in uh, in shopping centres for like an hour and a half once a month, uh, and we're not disrupting anyone. We're you know it's it's very very peaceful, but it's just a way of saying publicly, uh, you know, I'm going to sit here in this space in pu- in public. And I'm going to meditate on what is happening to the world. And I'm going to meditate on the pain that it causes me. Um, and and you're welcome to join. And there's you know a few people giving out giving out leaflets. Um, but there's something there's something really powerful about about taking that meditation into into a public space. Uh, so I've I've really enjoyed doing that. Um, and I've also it, it feels like some of these some of these movements uh, are really there's 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 Buddhism uh, Buddhist ideas 
uh, around mindfulness that that run through them. So sometimes when we go to meetings, uh, we'll start by uh, it, sometimes there's a practice of um, active listening, just just like we spoke about. So we would um, you get into pairs. Uh, so, so slightly different. You get into pairs and uh, you have two minutes to just like speak about what's going on with you. And the other person doesn't doesn't respond. So they might sort of, you know, they might make eye contact or they might nod, but they're not there to to, to commiserate or say, oh, I, I had the same thing happen to me. Um, you just listen. And it's amazing because you you turn up sometimes to these meetings and you've had a stressful day and it's been difficult getting there and you've been rushing and rushing and rushing and rushing. Um, and it just gives, it's, it's, it's like a change of state almost. It, it's, it's a moment to stop and work out actually, how are you feeling? You know, how are you feeling about your day? How are you feeling about what's happening next? Um, and then, and then after two minutes, you, you swap and you do the same thing and you might not then uh, speak to that person again in the in the meeting um, but but I really like that I, I I like I find myself increasingly drawn to spaces and places where people are making uh, making room for that kind of pausing and that kind of introspection um, and so I yeah for me there's the the two go hand in hand um, and I, I enjoy, I enjoy the, the linkages between them. It feels like a really important part of my spiritual practice to, to be able to, um, acknowledge what is, what is happening to the, to the world, um, to, to call attention to it. Um, but also to be, to be, to be peaceful with it. Um, so I, that's, that's how my, that's how my practice I think is, is, has been unfolding over the last couple of years. And I, I think will continue, um, in the, in the future. Yeah, I, I can definitely feel that as well, particularly around, um, interconnectedness. Uh, and, and one of the areas of practice, mindful eating has, um, I actually I find it very difficult. Actually, I, I did a podcast episode on it, but it's not something that comes naturally to me because I I want to shovel the food in my face as quickly as possible. But the the thing that I find is that you know um, the podcast episode was was about um, eating a, a piece of chocolate and where all of that comes from, uh, and doing that with a meal uh, gives you insight and makes you think about where all of that has has come from. And I, I come from a livestock farming background. And uh, if you're eating a, a meal that has meat in it, it does make you think about, you know, what was the process by which the uh, animal ended up on, on my plate? And I have found that I eat uh, less and less uh, meat. I wouldn't say I, I'm not completely vegetarian yet, but I'm, I'm mostly vegetarian at, at this stage. I think that mindfulness has kind of seeped into that way of uh, that way of looking at the world, seeing interconnectedness and, and being aware of the impact that you have. So, uh, yeah, I really recognize what you're saying. And it's a very it's a very gentle way of making change. Uh, mm. It's not it's no it's not, 
you know, blaming or shaming. It's because it comes from inside of you. It's actually about kind of checking in or what, what are your values and what does feel true and important to you? Um, there's a there's a sort of underlying um, principle in Buddhism, and I'm, I'm not an expert, um, about the idea of Buddha nature, um, that, that everybody fundamentally is is a good person who is trying hard mm. um and so mindfulness gives us a way of like connecting with that and i really like i really like the idea of starting with that as your as your position um uh and i and, I, and yeah and it's helpful in connecting with other people that's definitely helped with me uh because you know if i'm out outside you know i'm anxious i'm stressed and somebody does something that I don't like, then I get, you know, I get irritated with them. And it's really helped me to think that, you know, this is not a bad person. This mm -hmm. is a person who's suffering and they're doing the best that they can. And seeing everybody as somebody who's doing, you know, e even Donald Trump, um, uh, <laughs> uh, seeing everybody as somebody who is suffering uh, and is making their way through life as, as best they can. Uh, I find this a, a really uh, helpful way because otherwise the alternative, and this is definitely how I used to be, is to simply be angry at the world. And, you know, I, I don't particularly want to be angry at the world anymore. And I think you're absolutely right that it's it's a framework that um, enables change without wagging a finger at people. It, it's simply raising people's awareness and then the choice is up to them. It, it reminds me of... Uh something we haven't touched on in this podcast which is the idea of loving kindness mm. um and uh I, I had a meeting a few weeks ago with somebody senior and this person is sometimes quite difficult to have meetings with and i'd been doing i'd been doing some loving kindness meditation and i wrote at the top of my notebook may you be happy yes may you be healthy <laughs> may you be peaceful because i wanted that to be my intention to this person and i wanted to be able to physically touch in with that intention you know that that is my attention intention for this person you know i i, I like them not to get sort of oh uh you know in a place where i'm sort of self-defensive and, and insular um yeah, so that that's uh, that's some similar, I guess, to what you're uh, what you're describing. Yeah, I, I hold that in my back pocket for whenever I'm driving, driving to work and back again. <laughs> is that when somebody cuts into my lane without indicating, which I may have mentioned once or twice in the podcast, but when somebody indicates uh, with cuts into my lane without indicating, it may be happy, may be peaceful, may be healthy, and live a long life. Uh, and I find that it's uh, it's you know very very helpful. Okay, I've really enjoyed that conversation. Um, so, uh, Mikey, would you like to uh, um, facilitate uh, a guided meditation? Yeah, I'd love to do that. Okay, so I'll start with uh, three sounds of the bell. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, then. If you just become, you know, aware of your posture for a moment, aware of your thoughts and feelings for a moment, aware of your breath for a moment,
breathing in, I know I am breathing in. Breathing out, I know I am breathing out. In, out. Breathing in, my breath grows deep. 
Breathing out, my breath goes slowly. Deep, slow. Breathing in, I feel calm. Breathing out, I feel ease. Calm, ease.
Breathing in, I smile. Breathing out, I release. Smile, release. Dwelling in the present moment, I know it's a wonderful moment. Present moment, wonderful moment.
Taking a moment to stretch your back and your legs if you need to. Noticing any changes in your thoughts, in your feelings, in your body. And feeling some gratitude towards yourself for taking a few moments to focus on your well-being. Thank you, Mikey.